Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome everyone, welcome everyone back to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. I have a special guest with me today, my Ohio, Columbus, Ohio pastor, Pastor Greg Ford. How you doing, my man? How you doing? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Doing well, man. Columbus, Ohio was a nice overcast day, as it often is, a little humid. How about you? How are you in Philly? Yeah, I'll, I'll stay in Delaware now. It's a little hot out there, but I ain't out there yet. I have to go out there later on. I'm dreading going outside. Um, really I don't care it. for the heat. I'm like a fall type of person, you know, like it's yeah. hot, cold, whatever. Like that. Um, I want to thank you again. And let's start this off. Like my first question for you is how is your mental health? I like to ask everybody that comes on my show. I ask them that question every time. So how is your mental health? That's a good question, man. You know, I've actually like, become really curious about mental health in the last year or so. I think I hadn't really thought much about it, um, but it's become obviously a really big topic for people. And, yeah. and uh, a lot of my friends and family and people around me have, um, you know, really stepped up and boldly said like, man, I'm, I struggle with depression or anxiety. Or um, I had a friend recently tell me uh, he, he struggles with bipolar. Um, yeah. And so it's one of those things I uh, never really, I didn't think a lot about. And now I've, I've become more curious about and looking into of just, you know, really trying to learn even in my own heart and mind, like, man, how many things are uh, like a normal anxiety and then what's not normal? And um, what is stress that I'm supposed to sort of manage and deal with? And then what is too much stress, you know? So um, yeah. currently, man, I, I would say from a mental health standpoint, I, I think I'm doing pretty good, man. Like I, I've got enough stress to keep me engaged and yet I don't feel overwhelmed or like hopeless or, um, you know, like I want to take my life or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I do have in my family, um, my, my family tree, some who have uh, had, I think what, you know, clinical depression and all of yeah. that. You know what I notice, man, is when I don't have a consistent, good eating and exercise, my head starts getting kind of messed up. Like I start finding myself um, depressed, down a little bit. I start finding myself uh, even kind of negative, yeah. um, feeling like I have less hope uh, and yeah. optimism to the future. And there's something about when I eat well and exercise for me, and I'm not saying that's just a yeah. rest for everyone exactly but for me i notice uh not only do i have more energy but I, I tend to even just be more feeling more positive and hopeful in general so i try to be pretty pretty disciplined about that but i appreciate you asking man how about you uh, my mental health is um you know it's okay you know um i'm dealing with some stuff you know you know i'm in therapy um seeing a new therapist so i'm dealing with some stuff that i'm trying to um, patrol, you know, coming off of a, um, 
you know, depression episode, like, I think almost a month ago that I'm still trying to get over, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm glad to be here, you know, <laughs> glad to yeah. see another day, you know, and just talk mental health and just, you know, fight mental health. Thank you for asking, you know, it always surprises me when people ask me, you know, <laughs> it always surprises, but, you know, I like to ask that question because um, I always say that, like, you can ask a person how, you can see somebody say, hey, how you doing? And they could say, okay, but they could be struggling mentally. So I, would, I always feel like it's important to ask how's your mental health because you just never know what somebody's going through. You know, you ask that question can open them up to talk, you know? Yeah. Um, my next question for you, growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Like, how was your, how was, how was it for you growing up? All right, so here's what's funny, man. Are you talking about like in my home? Like just growing up, like you know, as a you know teenager, you know, <laughs> you know, growing up was no like was it okay for you to like be sad or just like was it talk to mental health, you know, in school, you know, did, you know? Yeah. So okay, a couple things. One, uh, I'm kind of into like personality typologies. So so like I I like I study those quite a bit. Uh, things like the Enneagram or the DISC or the uh, yeah. Myers Briggs or like a lot of those because I think they're really helpful for me to understand myself and to understand the people around me. Because often people who are wired different, differently than me, and then particularly have a different nurture, like a different uh, environment they grew up in, they might do something the opposite of what I would do. And yeah. yet they feel the same thing, right? So what, but I've made the conclusions over the years when I see somebody doing something I'm like, man, if I was doing that, I'd be feeling that, but they might actually be feeling the opposite because they're wired way different. So I, I study all that and then it helps me know myself. So part yeah. of my personality type is I don't like to show weakness, you know, like naturally, like I want to be strong and some of it might be embarrassed to be weak or to admit that I'm weak. Also, I see myself as a guy who uh, supports others and leads others. And so like, I don't want them to feel that their life is shaky because my life is shaky right so yeah. like we have 30 staff at our church and if i'm looking like i'm weak and falling apart then they're like man what's up with us like you know is our is my my job safe is our organization safe or my family or yeah that might be so growing up i think i had that so like if i was injured uh in sports or something like that i might really be hurting and people would be like are you all right, man? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It doesn't hurt. I'm good. But I'm actually like in a world of pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the funny thing in my family, dude, is they're, we're almost like the opposite of the stereotype. So like my dad is actually really sensitive, dude. He's like uh, kind of emotional. He's kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he's the dude who like, if you're like hurting, he'll sit in like deep feelings, bro. Like, you know, uh, he might cry with you. He's like, that's how my dad is. And my mom is the opposite. She's not like, so if I would go to my mom, like sad about something, she'd be like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, like, so what are you going to do about it? You know, like, you're going to be upset about it. You're going to cry about it. You're going to quit. Or are you going to get back in the game? You know, like, so she would, which is kind of usually sort of, at least stereotypically like male type of stuff, like men yeah. usually like, you know, what do you want me to do about it, man? Like, yeah. get in the game, you know, rub some dirt on it. Like, you know. and uh, that's kind of more my mom and my dad was the opposite. Yeah. I would say, man, like, if I had been struggling uh, and admitted that to my parents, like, let's say I got my heart yeah. broken or 
uh, I was feeling really insecure. They would have been cool with that. They, they, they would have yeah. like, embraced me and, and uh, try to help me through it. But I, I wasn't, I never wanted to admit that. Like, let's say I was in a relationship and somebody broke up with me, man. I was like, yeah. shook. Like, I, I wouldn't want to go, man, I'm really hurting right now. I would have acted like, man, no, I'm good. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't really like her anyway. You know, I was, I was about to. <laughs> I was about to break up with her anyway, you know, even though I might have really been hurting or yeah. maybe like I, I, I didn't perform well in a game or something and I'm feeling like, man, I don't even think I'm that good. I, I would have pretended like I was super confident and impenetrable, yes. but deep down I was like, man, I don't even, you know, I, I, I would have been in my head a bit. I just, it wasn't that my environment was unwilling to support me in weakness. Yeah. I think some of it is just personality type. I never wanted to admit that yeah. I had, had wasn't okay or was weak. Yeah. Um, what do you say um, about stigma? You know, it's a stigma surrounding mental health, right? But it's also a stigma surrounding men's mental health. You know, um, you know, they say we can't, men can't cry. We can't be weak, you know, we can't get depressed. We got to hold it together for everybody. So what do you say about that stigma? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, first of all, man, like it takes major courage to admit what you're walking through. And like, I'll, I'll give an example, dude. There was a guy, he came in one time and he had been, um, he had been molested as a child all of his life. He actually, for years, he just buried it. In fact, he said, if, you, if you'd if asked him, like, man, is that still bother you? He'd be like, no, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I don't really yeah. think about it. But he said he didn't realize, like, what it was doing to him in terms of just eating him alive yeah. and how it was making, building insecurity for him and all this. And so then he finally went to counseling. He finally started getting yeah. some help. He started, you know, making some progress. And uh, he was telling me about it. And he was like, you know, essentially he sees himself as kind of a coward. And he said, he's like, it's not like those guys like who stormed the beaches of Normandy or yeah. soldiers that go into battle, man. They got like bombs blowing up around them. They got bullets going by their head. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, whoa, man, you know how many dudes go to battle and face actual bullets and then come home? And don't have the courage to face their demons. You, you, do you know yeah. how many, you know how much courage it takes, dude, to go back in your mind uh, to something terrible that happened in a basement, or um, you know somebody that overpowered you, and and to actually go in and start finding some healing. I was like, man, that takes that takes every bit, if not more, courage than yeah. to go into battle and have explosives around you there's some guys more comfortable in that than they are yeah. sitting in front of a counselor actually reliving some some trauma from their life so yeah. dude, i think the stigma would be that a person's weak to do so and i think that is the exact opposite i think it's crazy courageous yeah. to do it. it takes like massive amounts of fortitude yeah. and faith and strength to even even open up the conversation and put yourself in that vulnerable position again. Um, yeah. So I'm glad it's changing. I think it's changing quite a yeah. bit. As far as men crying and whatever, I mean, I think, dude, you got to, you know, 
we all experience like emotions, dude. Yeah. You experience anger, you experience um, uh, sadness, um, frustration. And so in some way you gotta, you know, there's actually, you have to like metabolize those feelings. Like, yeah. what is that? It's gotta come out in some way. So finding the healthy way to actually do something with that energy, right? You get a surge yeah. of energy. What am I going to do with that? Or, you know, again, it's inside. I got it's got to come out in some way. And then that's just the start of it because then you got to kind of figure out, well, now what am I going to do with this yeah. on an ongoing basis? But I think like tears can be a healthy way of processing like even anger. Yeah sadness like it's essentially you're again metabolizing the feeling and it's coming out and so to go well that just makes you weak or whatever to let emotions out yeah. i think is a pretty archaic way of looking at something as deep as a human processing emotions that's a there, there's some latitude there, there's a bunch of healthy ways to do it and yeah. crying if, if, if you if that's a way it's coming out that, that's not an unhealthy way to do it so to so to label it as weak or something i think is yeah. probably not a super educated way of thinking about it yeah um i resonated with something you said with the you said the guy i was sexually abused by two of my cousins as a child and it's crazy no, I, I, you yeah. you've been brave dude to share your story i know you you put it in writing all of that i knew i knew that was part of your story man and so go ahead yeah um i i understand the part of just locking it up because i locked it up and I think the issue started working for me when I, when I started, I went to my first non-denominational church and I started being around men and I didn't realize I had issues with men and just trust issues. So like I resonate with that. And um, before we get into our next question, I just want to say anybody out there that's struggling with thoughts of suicide or suicide ideation, you know, there is a suicide prevention lifeline and um, the new number is 988, the easiest number to dial. So glad they changed it. 988 is the number, if you know, you or anybody that's struggling with thoughts of suicide. So I want to ask you, um, you said at first you didn't um, really, know, you know, know that much about mental health, right? So, you know, I love your wife. <laughs> She's a cool person. So, you know, yeah. recently she spoke up about mental health. Like, you know, with her struggling with mental health, did it help you understand it better? Knowing that, you know, somebody that you love, you know, mother, your child, your wife, you know, did it make you understand mental health better? hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so, so think of it like this, dude, let's say like, let's say you, um, sprain your ankle. Yeah. Okay, you sprain your ankle. You and I are out for a walk, right? We're going for a walk. It's like, man, Lee, like, where, where you at, man? Like keep up, bro. Like you, you keep falling behind, because, you know, and, and I'm like, man, what's wrong with this guy, man? Like, you know, walk a little faster. And we start climbing up a hill. Yeah. And you start falling way behind, dude. And you're like, man, I don't even know if I can climb up this hill. And I'm like, what? 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 You should be able to. I mean, this isn't that steep of a hill. What's wrong? But what I don't know, man, is you have a sprained ankle, right? Yeah. Because of your sprained ankle, you can't do some things that, in my mind, I think you should be able to do. And you yeah. would be able to do if you were healthy. So for my wife, for a long time, bro, she was dealing with depression and she was having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I didn't know. She didn't tell me that. Yeah. She kept it to herself. 
but like we're going through life on a walk and I, and at times she wasn't like keeping up yeah. and it was confusing me because I'm like, I mean, it's not like I'm asking a lot. I yeah. think you should really keep up. And then she finally was like, hey, I went to a doctor. I've got this depression and now I'm going to get some help. Cause now it's like, you got a sprained ankle, bro. We're going to tape this up. We're going to ice it up. We're going to rehab it yeah. and, and get you to a good place. And now you can actually, you can function better. Yeah. But like for a long time, she was hobbling through life, but I didn't know she had this. So I was confused yeah. and frustrated. Cause I'm like, you, these are basic things you should be able to do, but I, I didn't know. So yeah. finally when she let me know, then I was like, man, thank you for telling me that. And now we can actually work on this together. I can be a part of your rehab. Yeah. I, can, I can support you in that. And then I can even have an expectation that, man, you can't go charging up this hill in this state. So like, I, I actually tell people now, instead of getting frustrated with somebody who's falling behind, maybe ask yourself first, like, may, maybe they're injured. Yeah. Maybe it's not just that they're weak or, or that they um, don't have the will uh, or they're less driven or they're less tough. Maybe they're injured. And that, that's the difference between a physical injury. If it was your ankle, you'd be limping. And I would know that. But like mental health, sometimes limping looks different. It doesn't, it's not so visibly obvious. It's more like, man, that person's energy is low. That person, um, you know, they're, they're in a bad mood a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not, they're not following through on some basic responsibilities. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you get, instead of seeing it as that person's just weak, you might ask yourself, are they injured? Yeah. Um, my next question for you, um, I'm just going to throw this in there. Cause I asked this before to like, you know, people in the church, what do you think of this idea? I always said this idea. I feel like some church, well, not all churches, but some churches, I feel like since, you know, mental health is so much talked about, I feel like there should be um, a therapist on staff, you know, uh, maybe for people that may need help, you know, from different reasons, you know, mental depression, anxiety, church hurt, just whatever that is. What do you think of like the churches try to amplify um, a therapist on board, on staff? Yeah, I, I think that that can, that can be good. I think one of the, the, the opposite side would be scalability. So, yeah. so like, let's say you're paying a full-time staff member, uh, which is when, unfortunately, churches have to think about staffing, like money. Yeah. It does cost. Like, so, so you're going like, uh, you have a little bit of HR money. And, yeah. And, we do that like is that scalable like so let's say like okay let's just do the math let's say you have one counselor on staff and they work 40 hours a week and 40 of those hours let's say all 40 hours they're just meeting with people as a therapist well if you got more than 40 people in your church you're in trouble <laughs> what if you got three thousand people in your church yeah then you're like Okay, so then how many counselors do you need? Well, man, we need like, we need like 200, you know, we need like a, you know, so, so like what we try to do, Leek, is network relationally with pros yeah. in the city and refer people. So like we don't yeah. ask, hey man, do you guys uh, have counseling? Well, we don't have like, we don't have like pro counselors on our staff, but yeah. we refer you, we know 
we know the professional therapists and counselors all over yeah. the city, and, and we know who they are and yeah. we know good and, and all that. And so we're going to help make that connection. Cause that's, yeah, that's, still, that's still good though. That's still good. You know, making a connection, just giving resources out there. Yeah. Cause I know like, like me, I always know, like we're supposed to pray, but you know, I always don't believe in is God in therapy. You know, it works in both ways. <laughs> it works in both ways. <laughs> well, well, so you know, sometimes churches are famous for saying stuff like, you know, you can't counsel out what you need to cast out. You know, something like. <laughs> that. But 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 the reality is that might be true, but it's also might be true that you can't cast out what needs counseled out. You know, what I mean yeah. the. The opposite may be true as well. There may be some things that doesn't matter how long you're in the altar, uh, that, that if you don't actually, you know, walk yeah. through some healing therapy and even know what to pray and, and what to walk through and has, you know, and you're isolated, then, then, then that it's not complete. So um, anyway, man, yeah, I, I think it's super important. Um. Next question for you. Um, before we get to the question, I'll just let you guys know um, Pastor Greg is a pastor in one church in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I've met him. He, the church that I used to um, attend, um, he preached at the teen conference. And, you know, it was one of them days where I just was like going through it. You know, I didn't think church was for me no more. And I think he preached about it, like serving how important it was. Like how he, I remember I, I took some stuff on there, like how you're saying, like, you, you like got to know everybody's name. I was like, <laughs> like how did he do that? <laughs> like, how can you know everybody's name? But you made it a mission to do that. And you also talked about, uh, I think what made me like, like, oh, this guy is dope. You know, I saw you in the hallway. I was like, this man got all this energy. You know, <laughs> he said, hey, to everybody. Like, it's early in the morning. Like, I'm still tired. What's going on? But I know you talked about your two boys and autism, man. That really touched my heart, you know? like whatever I was going through when you talked about how important serving was and your boys, like it just made me forget what I was going through. You know, I was actually about to stop serving on the team. And after that message, I just kept serving. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's been a heck of a crazy journey, man, with our boys. Like my, my sons both have autism. So when my first son, uh, you know, it takes you a while to figure it out, you know, so he was like, Hmm three maybe three between three and four yeah. we just we're like man something's not right here so we we uh went and got some help and they they said you know he's on the autism spectrum so for me i didn't really know much about that as well like we we're talking about mental health it was the same with autism i didn't really know what i was dealing yeah. with okay what does this mean is he going to live with us forever or is he going to be able to fall in love is he going to be able to like have a job pay his bills like what does this mean? So, yeah. you know, that whole journey. Then we have a second son and he also has autism. So it was, yeah. and even just emotionally dealing with my own anger, uh, my feelings of helplessness, uh, feeling like, you know, here's these little guys who all I want to do is help them. Yeah. Set them up for success. And now they've got a problem I can't solve. And yeah trying to come to peace with that, which was, you know, just all of that. Then being a pastor and I'm preaching every week and yeah. trying to encourage others and telling others that faith in God at the same time, my prayers are going unanswered. Yeah. So, so it was like, 
wild times, dude. And, and trying to like do everything with integrity the best that I can. Um, and the Lord uses those types of things, man, to do a super deep work in our lives. And, uh, you, but you got to let them do it because you do have options. You could decide to harden your heart and run for the hills. I know like every once in a while you and I will interact or whatever, yeah. back and forth, you know, mess DM and message. Or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I, I kind of feel like quitting on this or that, you know? And, and that is an option, bro. Like I could quit. I could quit on my family. Yeah. I could say, you know what? I mean, lots of times families that have a special needs child, especially two special needs children, they fall apart. Uh, one of the parents leaves. I could do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. But there are times that would be more convenient to my flesh. I have choices. And I think when you choose to give those things to God, he, he does an amazing work in those things and through those things. Yeah. Very unique, but it's, you have a choice. You have a free will as to whether you're going to let him do that or not. Yeah. Um, and guys, after that, you know, that's the very preach at the um, team conference that I attended. Um, like the rest of history, I just, you know, it was crazy. It's so crazy because COVID happened right after that. COVID happened right after that. I was running with steps with Rocky Balboa, and then next thing I know, COVID. Yeah, everybody had COVID. It's crazy. It's crazy because, like, I like from that. I think him telling his story, and it, and it was like so good, and you know all that energy. And I like took it among myself. You know, I was like, let me see what this guy all about. You know, let me find you know the church. You know, I found your Instagram, then I found your church, and then I got into uh, a one group with Dustin and Chris Spur Spurlock. And I was in a group, you know, I'm just trying it out, nothing, you know. And I was in my church group Good and dude. another church. I was, in, I was in another church group and another one. It was like three groups for different churches. And I think I had got COVID and I think Dustin and Chris was the only out of the groups they reached out. So I was like, okay, my church here, they all in Ohio, they here. So, you know, I joined another group um, after that, and I was telling Chris all the time, he said, you should come across. I don't come up there, but I was just like, I was like lying. I was like, I ain't getting on no plane because I was scared of planes. I was like, I ain't going up there. But I went up there, and I even know it was y'all. Uh, I think at the time, was it 10-year anniversary? Or, I don't know what anniversary it was. But I didn't even know, and I flew up there for the weekend, and I had fun. I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, I felt like a sense of community. It's crazy that I felt that sense of community all the way from Philadelphia and traveled there. And then I think months later, I came and stayed for like a week. You know, it was dope. You know, hung out with different people, met, you know, Ryan, just people that I'm cool with and talk to this day. All from that message on that team conference, I was so interested that I flew. <laughs> like, I flew the first time, drove the second time. That was like a drive, yeah. But thank you for like you know being real, just opening. I mean, open and everything, because it made me. You know, you never know how your story can help somebody. You know, it made me just like want love one church. Like I love one church. You know, I always call like anybody like <laughs> they can't find a church. I'm like one church is my church. One day, I know God is going to move me there. You know, just not on my time, but His time. And like I said, thank you for you know telling your story. Yeah, it was really inspiring. Hey man, you're welcome, dude. You're welcome. I'm glad we live in a day where, you know, you can be in community uh, from both sides of the country, you know, and again, you're in that group, man, those guys are 
praying for you, supporting you during COVID, and that you're not even in the same city is kind of, you know, it's pretty wild that we can do that, man. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah. And um, next thing for you, um, it's still mental health, but like, what can you say to somebody, man, that's out there struggling with church hurt? You know, a lot of people struggle with it. You know, I struggle with it with myself. You know, a lot of people, what can you say to that person that's struggling and the necessary steps to, you know, you know, get some type of healing. Yeah, man. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on it. So one, I, I have some of my own. I grew yeah. up as a pastor's kid and, you know, I saw my dad go through a lot. I saw things I perceived to be unfair. Yeah. I saw him give himself to serve people, help them through their hard times. We had people in our church who lost their jobs and then they would live in our, our home. They would live like in our basement. Uh, we had people who my dad would go visit in the hospital, pray with them, counsel them. Yeah. Then they might leave the church over something kind of petty. And so I, I saw where my dad sort of felt like people uh, took advantage of him or that people were like yeah. family. Yeah. And then they left because maybe they didn't like his sermon or somebody else could preach a little better down the road or somebody had built a new building. And, and it's like, you know, and so he's thinking like, I'm treating y'all like family and you're treating me like, I'm just like a service provider. Like I'm like the dentist. Yeah. And you move like 10, 10 feet that way. And now you quit coming to church because, um, you know, whatever, you, you live a few minutes further away. So I saw that from that perspective. And as a kid, uh, I felt some of that. And I've also had pastors who have hurt me. And then I probably hurt some people. Uh, I know a lot of people would say, okay, so I just gave you the pastor's perspective, like where my dad was hurt. But then a lot of the people have been hurt by pastors. Like yeah. They thought should be giving them more attention or should be more hands-on in their life or uh, maybe said hurtful things. How do you make sense of it? Well, a few things. One is, I think, well, the church is full of human beings. So you're going to have human beings do human things. So there's times you're going to have somebody who's a leader who is going to do something wrong, something hurtful, and they may do it in a spiteful way, like they were actually trying to be mean, or it might have just been they didn't mean to hurt you, but they did. Yeah. There are some like wolf pastors out there, or leaders in churches, like there's some wolves out there. In general, dude, I think yeah. the dudes I know are really trying to do good. Like even if they're messing it up, dude, like even if, man, they didn't support somebody like they should have, or maybe yeah. did something that was a little out of pocket, or they, um, you know, got so busy in what they were doing, um, trying to prepare a sermon and trying to get the word out that they didn't then help somebody hurting in front of them. Like they're limited too. like, we, we, we were talking about, I'm not trying to be defensive for pastors, but like, that is kind of in my world. So I, I meet with a lot yeah. of people, like a lot of them, like we we're talking about, like even take what we just talked about. We, yeah. Weakness, right? Is it cool to not be okay? Was it cool for the pastor to not be okay? Is it cool that he's feeling weak? Because sometimes yeah. the pastor, you 
you, you don't give people what they want or you don't meet their expectation. Of course, they say, well, hey, we want you to be able to be vulnerable, Pastor. We yeah. want you to be vulnerable. But what happens when they don't meet your expectation? Then a lot of people, they just take off. So now pastors are sort of paranoid, like, dang, man, like I, I didn't, you know, I didn't give them what they wanted and, and, and they just leave. So the, yeah. so the relationship feels very shallow. But then yeah. I mean, people in church, like sometimes, man, you do have like wolves that like attack people and yeah. uh, they, they maybe become corrupt. Um, and that's where I think, man, like sometimes you do have to leave a place. Like you have to go, man, this is the ethos here. Yeah. Culture here is not healthy. Maybe the yeah. pastor is uh, an egomaniac or maybe the leaders are toxic. Uh, they don't treat people well. Doesn't look anything or smell anything like Jesus. You're like, I gotta go. Yeah. But I think like you gotta go. Hey, you know what? I'm going to believe the best that these are sincere people that maybe have gotten out of bounds. They maybe lost their perspective. Yeah. And but I'm gonna just believe that at some point they were sincere. At some point they were trying to do right. Like I think most. Christian leaders, churches, like when they get into it, they're getting into it for the right reason. Man, I want to help people, dude. I want to serve God. I want to help people. That's what I want to do. And then it's something yeah. maybe, maybe that goes a little sideways and uh, they take some bait here or there. And, and uh, you know, but I think like in a sense, you know, you got to kind of go, you know what? I don't get all that. I'm going to forgive. Yeah. I'm going to move on. I would say don't lose hope that you can find healthy community yeah you can find leaders that are imperfect but that you feel yeah. share your values and trying to do the right thing um that's yeah. kind of some of my thought about it yeah and i was just want to add one thing I, I say this all the time when i learned this there are there are no perfect church at all <laughs> you know somebody will let you down at one point, you know, there's no perfect church at all. It's like a family, right? Like in some yeah. way, you know, because you're like, man, I got a couple of like crazy uncles, you know, and I got <laughs> cousins, you know, that we just kind of get our arms around and, you know, they're going to, yeah. you know, they might hurt your feelings here and there. But, you know, it's like, what, what am I, what am I expecting from the church? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to meet all your needs. We're, we're trying to create a healthy community an ecosystem, right? Where you come in and it's like, you know what I'm saying? We, we help you build relationships, but it's like, sometimes people are looking to the church. When they say the church, what do you even mean? Like, are you talking about this? Are you talking about like, you know, so it almost turns into this weird corporate, like, yeah. you know, man is against us, dude. Like the, the, the church is one, they just want us, they just want our money or they just want this and that. No, it, it's, it's a community. And so with some of that, like, people have to take some of their own responsibility within that yeah. for, for the ethos, for the culture, for the value. Yeah. And, if, and if leaders lose your trust, well, then that's the right time to go. Okay. Like I don't trust yeah. these people anymore and it's time to go. Yeah. But I think it's probably good probably to, to leave before you get bitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you go, Hey, you know what? This isn't for me. As for somebody else, it's not for me, but I'm going to go find my place and my people. And, and again, something that sort of matters to you and, yeah. and, and, uh, and know that that place isn't going to be perfect either. Yeah. Um, 
agree with everything you said. So like one last question. Um, I just want um, I do want to ask you what's what's next for you? You know, what's going on with Pastor Greg, man? Is it a book coming or something? You know, <laughs> like what's going on with you, man? I got two unfinished books, dude. I, I'm, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually getting some help because I it's funny, I, I teach every weekend, so I have to have a new a new 30-minute talk, right, every week like this. Yeah. And I do it four times, so we do Saturday night and then three on Sunday, so that's kind of a lot, but then when I'm, I'm writing on something that I've been chewing on for the last uh, probably seven, eight years, so, yeah. so trying to make space for that, and then when I preach, I don't feel like I'm a perfectionist, like I don't, I don't mind if I say a few ums and you know, whatever, it's not perfect. But when I'm writing, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I want it to be said exactly the way I want it. So with that, I'm kind of, a, it's kind of slowing me down and I'm, I'm actually reaching out to some help, for some help on how to get this thing in the end zone. So yes, there will be, there's a book in the works. Uh, and then, you know, really honestly, Leak Man trying to figure out how we can take what God's doing at our church and reach more people with it. So people within our community and then to the ends of the earth, like, like you, like you just described, you're like, man, I was in, I was in a group, like from another state, like we're trying to do some more of that, getting people connected uh, and then getting the content to people um, because it's so, because it is powerful. I mean, there's things that they, that, that we're talking about at a, God's word and, and their revelations that are game changers for people. They're like defining moments. So we're trying to get that out more, figuring out the best way to do that through YouTube, social, even uh, anything with airwaves, man. We're trying to just get, get that done in a way that people, that it can help them the most. So I'm not an expert in that, but I'm trying to get around smart people, ask the right questions and then shut up. Yeah, I understand, guys. Just make sure you know you guys, um, you know, follow one church, you know, and Columbus, Ohio is an amazing church. You got different one church groups, you know, online, international, in person, you know, visit them on Sundays. They do a lot of stuff that's great for the community. And like I always say to my friends, you know, like when like I work Sundays, I'm just I have a church home right now. I'm like one church is my home church. I'm gonna get there, <laughs> and I'm gonna get there to Ohio one day, or one 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 day. But uh, before we leave, I would like to ask a favor for you. Can you say a quick prayer for like mental health right now? Just say a prayer real quick. You got it, Lord. We come to you in Jesus' name, God. We thank you that it's in you that we live, we move, and we have our being. And it's in us that you live, move, and have your being. So, Lord, I pray that you would help each person, Lord, who uh, maybe is struggling right now with mental health. I know that's a broad topic. There's a lot going on. I pray, Lord, that you would take the chaos in their mind and you bring it into simplicity, that you give them peace. Or, you know, one of the fruit of your spirit is peace. So I ask for peace, Lord, for those that are uh, not experiencing it right now. Uh, Lord, that you would help bring the right people around them to support them, giving them wisdom and direction, ultimately healing. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank yeah, you so much. Good talking to you. Love you, bro. Talk to you later.